Hey guys, welcome to Rihanna's Lens, where I interact with you about the components in the STEM field and introduce you to fascinating people who passionately inhabit the scientific and technical frontiers of our society. My name is Rihanna Malhotra, and I'm absolutely elated to share this podcast with all of you. On this episode, I'm joined by a guest who's a dermatologist practicing since the past 20 years in Mumbai. She also won the Dr. P.B. Joshi Award for academic excellence and being first in Pune University for a postgraduate examinations. I'm so glad to welcome and introduce Dr. Deepa Kanchan Koti. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to begin our discussion. Thank you, Rihanna. I am also glad to talk to you. Yeah, me too. So um, let's just get started. I was wondering what exactly is it that motivated you to become a dermatologist? Well, I wanted to be a doctor. And uh, once you finish your MBBS, uh, while you are doing your uh, graduation, in the medical school, or we call it as medical college in India, uh, we are exposed to all the subject. And then general tendency is whether you want to, you are more inclined towards a surgical field or you're more inclined towards a medical field. You want to operate or you want to, you want, you enjoy the process of clinically seeing the patients. Uh, generally, we uh, gravitate towards one side and I was more of having a joy of seeing the patients clinically. And so I decided to be in this field. Yeah, totally. So it's everyone's personal preference, but uh, I'm sure that being a doctor, um, like there's a lot of things that you needed to do beforehand before becoming the prestigious doctor that you are. So you had to do um, probably so many courses. So what did your educational journey really look like? So uh, when you are actually in standard 10, uh, you are clueless. The only thing that you know is that you like sciences. And then 11, 10, 12 you are your formative years when you really gravitate towards whether you want to, like in India, they say you want to do medicine or you want to do engineering or you want to do art or you like commerce or something like that. So I was more inclined towards being a doctor. And once I got into the medical college, in those days, getting into a medical college was like... Uh, what you score in your uh, standard 12 and I went uh, to BJ Medical College Pune which is still uh, one of the 10 most prestigious colleges in India and uh, finished five and a half years and after that uh, we had to choose a subject for the post-graduation so we gave entrance exam and I got into another very good medical college that is Armed Forces Medical College Pune which is again one of the top 10 colleges every year uh, so I did my post-graduation for three years so it's like eight and a half years of just studying after 12 standard that's a lot of studies and it's not that after I finish it's the end of the studies like there are always every year you have seminars and uh, CMEs and conferences and there are pouring medical journals all across the globe and you have to keep yourself updated with it. So the journey just continues. It's not the end of it that, oh, way back I finished my college and the education. It's ever educating yourself. Yeah, I'm sure. And like they say that learning is a never ending process and it really sounds like an exhilarating uh, experience for you that all your experiences of um, studying and it's still ongoing even though after years of 
um, studying for the medical examinations. So uh, now that you're finally a dermatologist, what does a day in your life really look like? So, um, yeah, I am a dermatologist when it comes to my profession. But other than that, I am a human being. So I have a family and I do care uh, for others as well. So when I get up early in the morning, as usual, and uh, have my exercises, then I have my meditation and uh, of course the daily chores and the interaction with the family members and I start my day uh, early and uh, my clinic begins and uh, throughout the day we have patients lined up by appointments so we have patients where we see them clinically and uh, diagnose and treat them send them prescriptions explain them give them follow-ups and then in between we have the procedures which are going on for some people will require minor surgery, some will require laser treatments or some other treatment that uh, is required for them. And the day continues with a small break for the lunch and we end up wind up by seven. But uh, unlike the previous times, like uh, we used to have clinics in two or three divided parts. Now I have an extended clinic hours. And when I come home uh, after my routine I do a little bit of reading because that's really required for updating yourself and I love music so I do practice my music classes and of course I have my friends I interact with them especially on weekends so that's how my day is oh okay so yeah as you said that work and life social life balance is really important so I think yes, that's very much great. very much Yes. Yeah, and um, now back at the clinic, uh, what are the most um, common cases that you tend to see? So, um, I would say around 80% of the cases I do see is of clinical dermatology and 20% for cosmetic. And uh, when I say that clinical dermatology, you, need, you see skin is the largest organ of the body. So, from hair, nail, skin... And of course, we have venereal diseases also attached to it. So I do see a lot of cases of acne, pigmentation, hair loss, and uh, the growths on the skin, and um, some nail diseases, and uh, people come with oozing skin, or some eczemas, or psoriasis, or vitiligo, or, you know, of course, the list is endless. But these are the majority of the cases that we see. And uh, yeah, so those who require investigations, we convince them to undergo biopsies and do the further treatment for that. Okay. We have uh, some lamps in the clinic, uh, which, we, which help in treating. So putting them on the procedures for those lamp treatments, all those things are there. Okay. Uh, so now, as you mentioned that a lot of acne patients come to you and I know a lot of teenagers like me face a lot of acne problems. So um, how do you deal with acne scars or just acne in general? So when I uh, see these patients, uh, either they are teenagers or they are adults because we have adult acne also. Um, I am quite uh, surprised that uh, they don't know the basics of it and they end up uh, seeing the YouTubes and believe that it's because of the water intake that they get acne or they eat some spicy food. So when I see the patient the first time, uh, first of all, I try to tell them about the real uh, cause for acne and uh, how to deal with them rather than uh, trying something new 
uh, on their own, which will uh, damage. Uh, so inflammation is something that is the most important thing uh, that is uh, responsible for acne scar formation and the marks that are left behind. So first thing is to deal with the acne inflammation. And when the scars develop, we have different techniques like uh, TCA peel or uh, derma pen or derma rollers and uh, lasers uh, to deal with the acne scars. There are lots and lots of procedures, but uh, early in the teenage, if you take care of your acne by diligently treating them and applying the creams the way you are supposed to, then uh, you don't uh, develop acne scars in the first place. Or even if you develop them, they are very mild to treat with. Now, um, as you said that often some people uh, have really mild acne and that just disappears in a couple of days, but some people have really stubborn acne that continues for years. Um, uh, so how do you deal with the stubborn acne? So acne has to be first divided into the stages, whether it is grade one, two, three, four, how inflammatory they are, depending upon that, whether they are mild, moderate, severe, uh, whether we are dealing with the male patient or a female patient and all those things. So uh, it's not just uh, one blanket rule that we follow. We have to tailor make for each individual who can take and who cannot take a particular pill. Uh, and then once we have the medical line of treatment and the creams that are required, um, we tell the patient how to go about it. And uh, also we teach them how to take care of their uh, skin on a routine basis, like cleaning the skin regularly, but not too often, moisturizing the skin after washing the face because cleaning away uh, takes away the moisture. Uh, most of the people are under the impression they don't need a moisturizer because they have an oily skin, so it's not like that. Uh, you have to have the right kind of uh, approach towards your skin and the right kind of product. And, and then... Uh, once the patient is healing, then we give them some peels or some uh, procedures uh, to deal with the uh, acne scars. Right, absolutely. Now, on the cosmetic side, there are um, surgeries like lip fillers. So what are your thoughts on that? So aesthetics is something which is, um, uh, which is uh, very much in vogue. Uh, but uh, as I said that, uh, it's an individual thing, okay? And uh, whenever uh, you, everybody wants to look good, it's not that nobody wants that they don't want to look good, but uh, how much you want to go about it. So moderation is the rule. I mean, some people coming with the expectations that they want to look like someone else is wrong, or they want to absolutely make everything change and disappear, every line on their uh, skin, that's also going a bit too far. But if there is something that can uh, prevent them from looking bad or uh, something that they want to, like there are a lot of people who come to the clinic who don't want the wrinkles on the forehead or on, around the eyes, and they want to get the, uh, the, the injections uh, that is Botox done, or they want to have fillers because they want a little bit of cheek because it's drooping down with the aging process. So they're getting the laugh lines or something which is making them uncomfortable about them. Then we can have them corrected uh, to a moderation, but accepting also uh, that they are getting uh, the aging process is on should be the thing. 
some people go on to the extent of making the lips look so full that they uh, go overboard and instead of looking natural it looks uh, unnatural so nobody should go to that extent everything should be in moderation then it's fine right definitely so if a patient comes to you and asks you for an extreme surgery then uh, what do doctors suggest uh first of all we have to assess the patient how what is the psychology of the patient if the psychology we feel is uh, body dysmorphic wherein they feel everything wrong about their body that person should not be uh, injected that's the first thing and uh, there are those who are scared and uh, not ready they want to try but their skills scared so we have to bring them up to the confidence level that they can try uh, provided their their expectation bar is set at the right level if they are having too many expectations out of a procedure we have to bring it down and if they are too scared we have to build up their confidence so it's always a tailor made thing for them but yes somebody who is having a psychological problem where they want to look like somebody in the bollywood or hollywood then that's something that should be completely avoided right definitely now um, our skin is a very complex um, i think a, a very complex structure so um, uh, have you ever misdiagnosed a condition and if so how do you deal with your error and what changes did you make yeah so uh, rule number 1 is when you are studying study well <laughs> because basics form the foundation for everything right so you know the disease process or the human body is an evolving thing right so something might just uh, appear in the beginning as a small thing it hasn't actually the disease hasn't evolved into a full full uh, blown condition that's when when uh, we make the notes like what we were thinking at that point of time and what treatment we give and then as the condition evolves and something more comes up then you know that this will require further investigations and when you do those investigations then you come to know okay this is progressing in this line and so you change your diagnosis and you write them so i wouldn't put it as misdiagnosis but i would put it as evolving thing and also um, you have to uh, understand that documentation is the most important part so if you are doing your work diligently and you are keeping up with your uh, journals and upgrading your knowledge the chances of misdiagnosing are very very less and uh, one thing that one must remember is that it shouldn't be that i can do it all it's like um, we have specializations and super specializations and people who are um, you know super qualified for that particular field so if you come to know okay fine this particular thing can be dealt with an onco surgeon better then you have to refer them to the onco surgeon rather than trying to deal with yourself so you know that you are best at this particular level but when it's crossing your field it's always good to refer to your colleague right that's how yes so yeah. if i diagnose a case of let's say some skin cancer then uh, i look at it i diagnose it and then i tell them to do the investigation then uh, the diagnosis comes and then we know that this is not what we are going to do uh, so we have to refer them to the onco surgeon so he takes up the case further like that uh, it goes about 
Yeah, completely. I think that's really important to, um, so it's basically teamwork. All the doctors are uh, together and they are, if, so obviously a doctor can't solve each and every problem of a patient. So it's better that it's suggested to some other more experienced doctor in that particular area. That particular area. Very interesting. So uh, now throughout your day, are there any challenges that you face as a dermatologist? Uh, yeah, uh, we do face, especially after this um, Google doctor has come. So everybody reads up the diagnosis and they end up getting their own diagnosis suggested by the artificial intelligence and they come up with their own treatment. And uh, I have seen some patients who come up with uh, choked uh, voice and uh, tears in the eyes uh, as if they have got some major disease and uh, when I look at them and I'm like you know oh, this is it and he said you sure this is not cancer I'm like you know but who told you <laughs> no I googled everything so I said fine I get it but not that way and not only that uh, when we write a prescription they would go and they will search and search about the medicine and they will come up with every now and then they will message doctor is this the right dose is this the right medicine you think i'll get this uh, side effect and then we have to tell them have trust have faith whatever you have been given has been given after thoroughly studying for like eight uh, and a half to nine years and then 20 years of experience so that's almost like three decades into medicine and you read it up for three minutes on the internet and uh, you are doubtful. So that's not the right approach. So this is a big challenge, which is faced not just by me, but all my other colleagues also. So yeah, so counseling is the best thing and taking the patient into confidence and uh, explaining them that there is nothing much to fear about it. Uh, sometimes uh, the condition requires certain medicines, so you have to take them. And once you get better, you will be off the medication. Certain precautionary measures you have to take. So the patient, uh, you know, slowly they start getting it. But yes, internet era has made things easy as well as a little challenging. Yeah, I'm sure. And um, I'm sure that must be a very hilarious moment for you when a patient that's con that has consulted Google Doctor is coming to you and is giving their own consultations. I'm sure that must be a very funny moment during throughout your day. Yeah, but then, you know, uh, as we have been taught, it is the ignorance from the side of the patient. And sometimes uh, we have to tell the patient that probably if you ask me anything about construction, I might not know anything. Same way when it comes to medicine and your disease, then you don't know anything about it. So just having a little bit of knowledge will not help you. So if you're asking an expert, have faith in them. And this is what, what really calms them down. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, there must be also many rewarding aspects of your job. So what's one of the most um, aspects that you um, love about your job? Yeah, so you have to win over the patient. Uh, sometimes when it's a kid, you have to win over the patient's parents. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so once they get better and uh, they know their condition is relieved or uh, something that was uh, irritating them for a very long time, you know, skin is the largest organ of the body and it shows. Like if something is happening in the intestine or inside the kidney or liver, it's not visible to the person. But when it's something there on the face, be it pigmentation, be it acne or be it any growth on the skin or some eczemas or some pigment changes or vitiligo, 
you know it it kind of lowers the confidence of the patient they feel embarrassed they feel uh, cut off cut off from the world and uh, they feel people are judging them or uh, it it does affect the quality of life so when you when you treat them when you make them better and they are able to go back with the confidence that's very satisfying and when patient thanks you for that that's really satisfying yeah i'm sure and now since you have been practicing since the past 20 years i'm sure you must have um, seen a lot of advancement in technology over the time so how has that helped you yeah so uh, you know mobiles they keep changing every year there is a new technology so same way there are lasers which keep coming up eh? so we have to keep up the pace with that and um, yes uh, there is artificial intelligence so uh, there are some gadgets which have been developed by to diagnose skin diseases but um, um, it may hold true for some places but it still isn't so uh, widely available especially for the skin of color because uh, there it is different so um, yeah it's still in the nascent phase i would say uh towards uh, this part of the world uh, wherein uh, we do see the patient clinically then we have uh, better investigation methods we have non invasive methods of investigation like previously we had to do biopsy for everything now we have dermoscope we can see everything and explaining the patient has become easy because of all these things and we have a lot of markers with which we can explain to the patient that this is what the condition is uh we can have early diagnosis and one of the most uh, important things that has changed uh, is the telemedicine so telemedicine is like um, how we are doing the zoom call we have patient calls and uh, we are able to see the patient we can see the photographs and we can tell the patient and the patient doesn't have to travel if there are old people or children or the distance is too much and they want to consult a doctor then telemedicine really helps them so this is this is something which has been a great boon i would say yeah definitely so technology surely does have its uh, benefits and there are so many to list but while using technology do you ever face any challenges while so you wish that something if there was something more added to this it could have been more easier for you um yeah as i said some of the things are in nascent stages uh, you see uh, india is a very um, the country with the different terrains and so there are remote places where the network uh, for the internet is not so strong so the video streaming is not very strong in those areas sometimes the patients don't know because their mobile may not be that uh, upgraded or high tech so the photograph quality that they send is sometimes not really that great so yeah so if these are the aspects but this is more related to the infrastructure rather than the technology i would say the other thing is that uh, the gadgets or the laser machines are pretty expensive so like how we change mobiles every 2 years or 3 years uh, that's little difficult for um, a newcomer to buy a laser every 2 3 years so the down payment itself is so big that uh, by the time they settle with one day it's time to upgrade the machine again so yeah technology is changing very fast so these are some of the challenges but i think uh, things are changing uh, and in the last uh, few years it's cha- the change has been 
dramatic as compared to the first uh, 15 years i would say yeah absolutely technology is definitely improving for the much better um lastly is there any advice that you would like to give to anyone that's wanting to join the same field as yours yeah someone who wants to become a dermatologist uh, they have to first uh, ask themselves that are they fascinated by other dermats or they really want to do it because uh, sometimes when you see someone and doing it you like it but when it comes to you doing it yourself uh, it's a different thing so if you are passionate about it you have uh, compassion towards uh, patients and you are willing to put in hours then you should go ahead and do it um, so people who want to be in the surgical field and not in the clinical field uh, they would be a little uh, tied up to the chair so <laughs> uh, that they have to ask themselves and uh, it goes by like this so when i sit in my clinic there is a flow like i completely lose the track of time that's when i know that yes this is what is meant for me so ask yourself uh, are you going to lose that time track and you're going to go in that flow uh, and if the answer is yes just go for it and be prepared to study and study and study a lot when it comes to medicine <laughs> of course it's true for other fields as well that you need to but it's an expert field so you need to upgrade yourself Yeah, absolutely. That's some really honest and great advice. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much, Doctor, for coming on my podcast. Had a great time talking to you and getting to know your insights and experiences. Is there anything you'd like to say before we log off? Uh, I enjoyed talking to, uh, and uh, I wish all the best to all the students who want to pursue their uh, field that they choose uh, to do. That uh, just be passionate about it. Yeah, That's thank it. you. All the best to you as well for all your future endeavors. So, uh, to let all of you know, this podcast is now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. Make sure you subscribe to all listening platforms and stay tuned for more. Thank you so much, Doctor. Bye bye. Bye.